Last week, you heard us discuss the origins of the Salem Witch Trials. We talked about the witchcraft that was actually practiced at the time. Now, we talk about the present. What remains of those dark times? Can the trauma of the past leave an imprint for the future? Hello, everybody. Kyle here. Welcome back to a new episode of the Chaos and Shadow podcast. I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, you know, we just slap down the uh, technical demons that, that pop out of the internet trying to prevent us from recording our uh, little intro song as part of the episode. So uh, we, we, we won, though. That's the important part. We beat it back. And now... The folks out there have some lovely music. Thank you to Nick out there that creates those, who's working on some extra tunes for us, Megan, that I'm very excited to share with I'm our audience. I'm so excited. I love Nick. Nick <sighs> and his music are just wonderful. He is a, a wonderful composer. And thank you so much for everything you've done for us so far. Truly, truly, truly. So if you guys want to check that out, always in the description of our podcast, you can go and find his tunes. Uh, for everyone that is tuning in today, we are live again on Twitch as we have been Tuesday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern time. And on Thursdays, about an hour into the show, we record our Chaos and Shadow podcast. Last week, we talked to you guys about Salem. It was our first part. It was us talking about the past and debunking a bit of the, mm, I guess, I guess we'll just say the Salem Witch Trials all these years in hindsight, they have been very misconstrued. They have mm -hmm. basically become oral word of mouth representations. And some of that stuff that we take for fact is really off the rails. Pagan, you spoke a lot last week about the actual types of witchcraft and how few practitioners probably really live there. Yes, I did. And, you know, the interesting thing is, I, I won't spoil the episode for those who haven't listened. You guys can definitely head over to the podcast feed and check that out yourselves. But, you know, it, it's so interesting that, you know, for years, we have just regurgitated the same information over and over and over again. And it's not really been the correct information. So that's something that I'm really thankful that we actually were able to kind of set the record a little bit straight. I don't think it'll ever be 100% straight, but I think it's closer. I think I, it's a little closer. I'd, I'd very much agree with that. I think you're you're right. We were really surprised uh, for the results that we went in there and found. I think you and I set up the idea of doing Salem around Halloween time. We wanted this to be <laughs> or expected to be a creepy episode and maybe overly human uh it was the the reality we found we we were yeah. expecting things that go bump in the night and witchcraft but what we found was just more of the american political system being crazy and uh yeah so please be good to other humans that was a great example of how repression and just unwillingness to change unwillingness to love one another an abundance of want and greed of other people's stuff culminated in, yeah, just just he said, she said executions effectively. And that mm -hmm. is not a world that I want to be a part of. So today we talk about what has become of it. How has Salem changed? Why or what do you do with a town 
that has had such a bloody, dark, really, really human dark history. How do you how do you change that and, and, and turn it around? Like we said at the intro, we're going to talk a little bit later about imprints and how negativity and such can imprint themselves on an area. Um, maybe even briefly talk about the different types of, you know, recurring hauntings that you might see, even just lightly. Mm-hmm. Pagan, do you want to start us off talking about this House of Seven Gables? We're showing a picture of this on stream, and it's going to be in the lovely vault notes, too. The House of Seven Gables, the picture of it that you guys get to see on stream and that you'll get to see in the vault notes, it has a very creepy kind of look to it. It, It's very dark looking. It's a little ominous if you put that on a cloudy kind of scary day in, you know, October. I think that you would be, it might be a little foreboding. But the House of Seven Gables was often referred to as the Turner Ingersoll Mansion. Uh, the museum is uh, was constructed in 1667 and is known as being the oldest surviving wooden mansion in New England. Visitors have reported seeing apparitions, especially of Susan Ingersoll, who passed away in 1958 at the age of 72. And other reports are of a young boy who you see playing in the attic. And there's also reports of an unseen entity that makes people feel dizzy and nauseous and kind of compels them to just get the heck out of the attic. So that's very interesting. You also find that employees uh, report hearing disembodied voices, footsteps, and even growls, which I would say kind of compels, you know, people to leave if that's what they're hearing. If I heard a growl that, you know, had no explainable point, I would probably be leaving too. Yeah. Um, The other unexplained phenomenon is uh, lights and faucets tend to turn on and off by themselves. So... I don't know. This is a very interesting little location and it's got, you know, obviously there's so many different places in Salem that are built on the old Salem ruins of this place. So we're, we're kind of seeing that maybe some of the, I don't want to say witchy history because it wasn't really witchy. I want to say violent history more than anything because truth be told it really just was a violent part of the past that i think left a lot of blood stains and kind of i would i would go so far as to probably say that maybe opened up some doorways to invite the paranormal to kind of come into salem i what do you think kyle i'm really in agreement with you on on that Uh, Also, I mean, some people in chat here talking about how crazy it is that this is one of the oldest, you know, spots, oldest wooden mansions in America, was it? Or in New England? Uh, New England. So uh, that's fascinating all on its own because so many spots in the U.S. are history so shallow because there are many homes that maybe only have been occupied for one or two lifetimes. Very, very Mm -hmm. short occupational periods. Uh, so when we look at this sort of stuff and it's like the oldest surviving and think of all the lineages that have gone through living here. Whoo. I mean, that's a lot of energy exuded. And like you said, there was uh, a very big spark of negative energy in the early inhabit- habitation period in, in this area. So I, I don't know. I would say. And we're going to, I guess, be talking about the idea of imprints and energy left behind throughout this episode. I guess I would say that having all that negativity right on these grounds uh, could really spawn future hauntings. I I, I do Mm -hmm. believe that could really foster that sort of energy. 
you know, and we see a lot of, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't no, no, I was just going to, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I will conclude very quickly. I was going to say, maybe yes. that's what causes s- such weird, strange hauntings. Also, that changes them into weird growls. Uh, maybe that's mm-hmm. some more of that kind of darkness shining through. Not sure. Yes, uh, I was going to continue on that kind mm-hmm. of thought there and state that, you know, we see a lot of places around like Europe and older places that are much older than America. America has been around for a while, but as far as our, I guess, violent history, as I, I say again, we see that places that have a lot of blood spilt in them or a lot of death in them do tend to attract paranormal activity. And it's not necessarily paranormal activity from those who were killed in that spot. It's people that have died since then that seem to just kind of, I guess, get stuck there of mm-hmm. all places. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I, I think there's so much to be said about about people getting stuck around. And also Ember was asking in chat for some clarification uh, of when the Salem witch trials were going on again. We should say that in this episode, too. Uh, the ones mm-hmm. we're referring to in Salem, Massachusetts, 1692 to 1693. And I'm sorry, I just totally typoed in chat there when I was trying to say that. I had my dates all backwards. So I'm glad I looked it up to call it out. So we're talking again yes. for, for the original Salem Witch Trials, 1692. I think it was in the 1400s that people were fleeing Europe from witch trials because those were a bit earlier yes. than in the Americas. So I believe that that also tied in with the Inquisitions as well. So yeah, it, I want to say that it was the 1400s that that happened. But for America, it was 1692. 1692. There you go. I, I think there's something to be said. I think there's something to be said about all that negative energy spilling out, causing more stuff to go forward here. Mm-hmm. And this house would be one I would love to tour. And I'm actually curious, I, I'm not sure that you've seen much of it. I know this kind of came from uh, Brian on GhostQuest.net. Our friend had something on this. Did they do any tours of this house that we know of? Because it kind of looks like a very open touristy spot from this picture. Yes, it is a museum. You can go and tour it in modern Salem today. Um, I don't know exactly how you would get in contact with them, but I'm sure you probably could Google it and definitely find out about that. Um, But it is a museum that you can go and take tours in. So they do have quite a few visitors that come by. I would love to know if they've done investigations and, and, you know, deeper dive into this, these, these locations, because that would be crazy. I'm sure they would find some very interesting things. I believe that I don't know if it was this one or uh, the Hawthorne Hotel. One of the two, um, I believe the original Ghost Hunters crew actually did investigate and state that it was uh, paranormal activity there. So I don't remember if it was the seven. It was one of those things that I saw in passing while I was doing my research. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And just kept on going. So it was either this house or the Hawthorne Hotel. But one of them. Maybe both, perhaps, but I'm pretty sure that it was one of the two. That's exciting. I, I feel like I've definitely seen this location before in, in different shows. Like it, the mm-hmm. sign on the outside, everything about this place looks familiar. So it would not surprise me if this was one of those sites that I've caught on some sort yes. of Discovery Channel, something sort of like that. Hawthorne the Hotel. Should I should I talk a little bit about this yes, one? Let me see. We've also it. got a nice picture of this one, I believe, here. Let me pull it up. a couple, actually. Yeah, this one. Is this the one you said was ugly on the outside? No, this is um, (laughs) the other one, the other hotel. I was going to say, this one does not look too bad on the outside. Uh, It looks looks 
pretty. Not exact. I wouldn't say it's 100% my style if I were to build a hotel, but it is pretty. It's it's a very classic, <laughs> timeless place. So, Hawthorne Hotel, allegedly built on an apple orchard owned by Bridget Bishop, the first lady executed for witchcraft in 1692's witch trials. Hawthorne Hotel is known to be one of the most actively haunted places in Salem, though we cannot officially confirm this. Uh, because it may be much like the rest of the lore for Salem, just recycled and kind of blown out of proportion. Many visitors to the hotel claim to smell apples throughout the hotel, even though apples are not on the menu. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's actually one of probably the best smells you could get from a ghost. Like, <laughs> Right? <laughs> from, you know, many of the reports of rotting, you know, and I just, I, they, they, there are darker things and apples sound lovely. You can save on your Yankee Candle budget. So it's a win. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. And I don't buy them. Because they're Hashtag not sponsored. But it's expensive. Of apples, you know, behind me. So get me an apple <laughs> ghost and screw the candles. So guests have also reported, in addition to that smell, seeing apparitions walking up and down the hallways, disembodied voices and footsteps. Those are always classic. Flickering lights, fluctuating temperatures, the feeling of being watched. And I would say pretty crazy furniture moving on its own. Guests who've also stayed in room 325 have reported hearing a baby crying in addition to other unexplained phenomena such as lights and faucets turning off and on by themselves. That is nice and creepy. Here's a picture Mm -hmm. of the interior, which is gorgeous. I love that. That's really pretty. It this is. would be a beautiful place just to go stay, let alone investigate because of the hauntings. But, I mean, look at that. It's just beautiful. Again, these photos will be included in the vault notes for those who are listening over on Spotify or iTunes. Mm-hmm. But you, you'll get to see the beautifulness of them. They're just, it's a beautiful place. Go check it out. Yeah, the Hawthorne Hotel <laughs> is super duper pretty. Uh, I'm curious, do we know, I want, I'm going to do a little searchy search online because I didn't notice it in our notes there, of when it was actually built. When did they first... I want to say 1925. You are about totally correct. It was, uh, I think it went, uh, it opened. Yep, you're right. 1925, it opened, started construction two years earlier. So. Oh, cool. I was close. You had (laughs) exactly the number of the release. So look at you. Uh, This is a really cool place. I I would love to go and visit this. And I was kind of getting at the idea that it had like a 1920s flair to it. This is a very, Mm -hmm. very pretty style. I dig it. It does have a very 1920s kind of flair to it. But it also has some that kind of classic, I want to say almost Victorian kind of architecture that you're seeing there, which just is gorgeous. So... As far as paranormal locations, it sounds like it's top-notch. And as far as a great tourist location for modern Salem, also very top-notch. So, I agree. And I think the room prices were not terrible. I want to say that they were like 180 a night, which is not bad. That's not bad. Ember Fairy in chat says, I love the Victorian style. I was going to say Victorian style often really especially lends itself to a creepy ambiance, too. Things that come mm-hmm. to my mind, I mean... Um, the, the Queen Mary has a, a style that looks similar oh, to yes. this on the interior. Um, this does give me Titanic-y sort of vibes. With We're, we're looking mm-hmm. at a picture of a fireplace and, and all this gorgeous like wood uh, woodworking. And I'm like, this really just brings back those, those vibes there. So I'd love it. Totally on the list. Totally tell, on the list. Want to tell us a little bit about the Joshua Ward house, Pagan? 
Yes. The Joshua Ward House is was constructed in 1784, and it was actually built over the site of the former high sheriff, George Corwin. And George Corwin actually played a very vital role in the Salem Witch Trials. It said that he would take some of the suspects back to his basement in his home and engage in violent acts of interrogation and torture. This is where we're starting to see that dark, scary kind of history with uh, Salem, which it's not great. But, you know, he sounds like he's an asshole, to be fair. (laughs) He sounds awful. Um, It said that he also took pleasure in these acts and many of the victims actually caused him uh, cursed him and they believe that that's what actually caused him to pass from a heart attack at the age of 34 he died very very young and it's also said that his body was stored in the exact same basement that he tortured all of those people for years they stored his body for like three to five years because of the fact that they were afraid that the victim's families would seek out revenge on his grave oh wow yeah, it's one of those places that it's just, he's such, he was a terrible human. It's and so a lot of Salem's history, it, it just, all of the badness of Salem that you hear from all the Salem lore, these were just bad humans, bad people that just decided to do terrible things to each other. And that's kind of more of the atrocity of Salem more than, you know, the spooky, oh, they practice witchcraft. It's just that they were just not very kind people to each other. That is exactly the the, the sound of it to me. That is, that is what I I get from this. We talked about this at the start a smidge, but it really it does feel to me uh, in the case of Salem in particular. I'm, I, I know this. We know this happens time and time again in the world. We see scapegoating all the time, but this is a great example of how people just had this extremist view you talked briefly Mm -hmm. last week about the beatings of children for having fun for just you know dancing having a good time laughing Uh, we're talking about an and it's funny i think as americans we're afraid to call this puritan society totalitarian but that really is the vibes that you get from it it was complete control over the individual you were not allowed to enjoy you and and we don't like to use those words because it was a religious sort of occurrence but it doesn't mean that any less damage was done and what I'm loving from seeing some of these photos about the Joshua Ward House, the uh, the, the the Merchant Hotel these days, mm-hmm. being how modernized it is, yet throwing back to that time, like it looks pretty, it looks light, it looks airy, and it seems to be that's what the town is trying to do. Uh, yes. Just last night, I watched. I think it came from Sci-Fi Wire. A great. It was posted 11 months ago. It's up on YouTube. We'll have it in the links. Uh, but they went and they went, they, they explored modern Salem. And seeing how the town has changed is a bit crazy awesome. So mm-hmm. from these dark times, it seems like, I'm tr- trying to think, what did they say? I guess it was the 90s whenever there was like Charmed on TV and Buffy. Uh, all these times when good witches got really popular in the modern psyche is when mm-hmm. there was a boom of people going to Salem looking 
to tie back to their witchy roots, looking to find a place with, quote unquote, real witches. And they didn't find that because instead they found a town that was embarrassed by their past, ashamed of what they had done to these folks. So it's cool to see that modern Salem, 2020 Salem, is this place that is super progressive. It is uh, it has so much to do with their witchy roots. They embrace <laughs> feminism in a way that is not embraced in a lot of places around the country, which is so freaking cool to see. I love how they flipped it all on its head uh, and, and changed it to a better vibe. They did. And the Joshua uh, Ward House, or the Merchant Hotel as it's known now, actually has quite a few haunted claims as well. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me that the land that it's built on would have a haunted place on top of it because of what actually went on in uh, Sheriff Corwin's basement. And, you know, if those things were true, again, he was just a terrible human being that did terrible things. And I would go so far as to say that he was a sadist. And he just was in a place of power and able to exude that power and actually use it for his own pleasurable gains. I, you know, it, it's it, he's just a bad person. But, you know, if you go there now, some of the reports that the people have claimed is they do claim to see uh, Mr. Corwin's apparition, as well as two other vengeful spirits that were ex- executed for witchcraft. The house was eventually remodeled in 2015, now making it the Merchant Hotel. And other guests have reported activities of other apparitions, disembodied voices, doors opening and closing on their own, books and personal belongings also being thrown. So I would be very curious, being a practicing witch, going there and staying there and seeing if Mr. Corwin would try to throw me out. (laughs) I, you know, it sounds terrible, but truth be told, it would be an interesting experiment to see if, you know, we got some good evidence because I'm a practicing witch. I would be so curious to see how that would go like that. But 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 also to what I just said about the town, do you, do you I, I wonder what happens because that's got to be a common occurrence there. Actually, oh, absolutely. So I'm I, sure it is. I wonder. I mean, that definitely sounds like it would spur on that activity. You're ba- basically inadvertently or intentionally harassing a spirit in that way. Uh, <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. I'd say. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess it's almost more surprising that he's not a more violent spirit than uh, you know anything else. Seeing seeing as how offensive that would be to him, I guess. You know, and the interesting thing about that is they, you know, because Hmm. the town has turned itself on its head and done so much positive kind of revamping of its history and basically welcomed the witchcraft and welcomed the feminism and welcomed all the things that made Salem's history so dark. Maybe that positive energy that they have brought in has kind of nulled out or kind of made him go you know i i don't have enough power to actually counteract against this so maybe that's why he's not as violent as he is maybe the the most he can do is you know throw personal belongings Uh, yeah so i don't know that's a fair point that's a very very fair point i i do wonder what it's like to to be such an anti-witch entity living in a town like that trying to I just, I, I guess, I, I don't even know. Protect his property, protect what he was so devoted to back in the time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if modern, I wonder if modern witches do feel harassed by spirits of that 
town. I, I didn't really personally come across that. I didn't look down that avenue. Either. But that would be definitely something for us to consider for a future revisit of Salem is to see mm-hmm. how the town reacts in that way. I'm going to guess that because so much good has been brought into that town, that it probably stomps out a lot of these negative spirits, that it really probably removes a lot of their energy for as much as it does antagonize them, I'm sure. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's got a, yeah, I'm sure it puts a damper on it in some ways. So one of the things oh, I agree. that I, I, I reference in our show notes here was Sam Baltrasis. I think I'm saying that right. Hopefully I didn't butcher it. Sorry, Sam. Uh, wrote in the Ghosts of Salem book. It's possible that the psychic imprint from the Cursed Lands past may have caused what parapsychologists call an aura of disaster, fertile ground for the birthing of ghosts. But that was a little bit of an interesting quote there from Sam. Because that is... Oh, we just talked about a second ago where it was like, if you have all this negativity, does that let ghosts spawn out of it? So an aura of disaster, that's a new word for my lexicon or term. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if it's an aura of disaster per se. I, I, I feel like maybe that's a little too big of a term. Maybe, you know, 30, 50 years ago, maybe that was the case. But now I would say maybe even like a hundred years ago, maybe that was the case, but I would say right now with all the positivity that you see in Salem, there's so much that I don't think that if it is a birthplace of, you know, spirits, maybe spirits want to stay there because the residents seem so positive. Um, The only time I ever encountered anything about the residents not being positive is around Halloween when everybody floods to Salem. And they just kind of get annoyed by the amount of tourists that come in. That's about it. But they also know it's very bolstering to their economy and very necessary for their economy. So they they kind of just like, okay, fine. The tourists are here. They'll be gone in a month. It's fine. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's the only time that I saw anything negative about modern day Salem. Not saying that it doesn't have its problems. Everywhere it does. But... Modern day Salem is definitely an interesting place from old world Salem. Yeah, I uh, it's it's a fascinating. So we got to go, Pagan. That is what I know. We got to go. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. I am in love. The, the, these places look gorgeous. The 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 mark on the land is just so so interesting to to mm-hmm. see, and I'd love to just personally experience it because I I feel like that's a lot of it. I feel like I feel like Salem from afar would not do it any justice like when we look at it when we talk about it on the show it's why i feel like every 10 seconds i'm like i need to go there is because it's just got to be such an energy between the people on the streets that are keeping the stuff alive from all the witch shops that have opened up from all the people that are (laughs) teaching there um you uh were talking in i think the last episode about satanism uh the Church of Satan is based there? Am I getting it the opposite way? The satanic... T- Uh-oh, I should look it up. One of the two is based in Salem, and I'm going to do my research mm-hmm. on that. But that that was shocked me. I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard of this before. But chat, let me know if you f- remember which one that is. Church of- And it's also very interesting while you look that up that modern-day Salem is very much different from Salem of the past. Uh, where it was once a place terrified of witchcraft, it's very much embraced there. They very much look into their history and go, you know what? 
we're going to embrace all the things all the Puritans hated. We're going to embrace all of it. It's great. So it's... And, the, oh, oh, continue. I'm sorry, continue. Uh, the, they also have a neighborhood that is known as Witchcraft Heights. The high school mascot is a witch. And even the police car have a witch. The police car's logos have a witch on the logo. So the, it's definitely embraced its witchy history it really has and i was thinking the satanic temple to be clear that's the one that tried to get the um the baphomet statue put up next to the ten commandments oh, right. and yes. it was interesting that's lucian greaves that runs that or spokesperson of the tst he was interviewed in that segment i mentioned earlier uh where he said that the town the city of salem actually really backs his endeavors because they recognize the validity in religious pluralism having more than one valid religion at a time you know being able to choose the exact opposite of their roots which was you are this way and only this way and doesn't matter how you feel so it's interesting to see them backing such an organization now for anyone out there that again goes ah this is evil i'm tst's again i think an atheistic one they're like the church of satan i believe they're completely it, it says they're uh satirical theatrical humorous group that's all about activism protest and lobbying so rock on guys hey hail some tst sound like a good group to me sound like a good group to me i like it i like that salem backs a group like that too they're cool with it so it Uh does seem like a very interesting town to just get involved with the folks there and i don't even know just just be part of the living breathing energy And I found a really great quote in my research, and it says, While Salem hysteria was born out of chauvinistic, women-fearing climate, its cultural role today shows how far we've come, which is our heroes instead of villains. Ooh, well said. Heroes instead of villains. Well, this kind of gets us to our our, our just, I would say, a little bit of fun BS portion of the episode here for a little while. We talk about some of the stuff upcoming. Now, you guys have heard us. Uh, talk like crazy. I'm sure if you've been listening to the morning show or anything, you've, you've heard us talk about some of our upcoming interviews. But if you're someone that's interested in witchy stuff, we have Laura Tempest Zakroff coming on this podcast feed. Uh, her episode for that will be up on October 30th. Mm-hmm. It will appear much like Katie and Brian's interviews in the past. Nice recorded offline sort of thing. If you want to actually ask some Q&As, though, join the Discord, discord.gg forward slash paranormal, because Pagan and I will be talking to her live on Twitch on mm-hmm. Wednesday, October 28th. So make sure to tune into the stream around 9 a.m. Pacific that day. Our call with her, I believe, is going to happen about... I'm switching time zones, but I'm I'm pretty sure her call is set for about 2.15 Eastern time. So that if you yes. if you really have to only be there for like 30 minutes, those would be the 30 minutes, I would say. 2.15 Eastern is uh, that. But we're yes. going to be on the homepage, Pagan, talking about sigils and all kinds of amazing witchery. We definitely are. It's going to be a very fun day. It's going to be a very chaotic week next week. We've got so much stuff lined up. Uh, not only do we have the homepage stuff, we also potentially might have our great friend Katie Webb come back by. It all kind of depends on her schedule still, but she, she is hopeful. She's definitely into it and she will hopefully be here next week for our episode on elementals. So we decided that we wanted to do an, an episode on something completely different than, you know, ghosts and demons and everything else. 
and elementals and why they get confused is everything else. They're very, they're very misconstrued, unfortunately. So uh, we're going to talk about them and our experiences with them and hopefully some of Katie's experiences as well. And then I believe we've got some other great stuff coming up later as well. Do you yeah. want to tell them more about that? Yeah, we have. Uh, well, so it's crazy because we have a couple other things we're trying to float and put into places. So Pagan and I are working hard on getting you guys uh, in touch with all the paranormal figures that you love out there. We got a couple we want to tease, just can't yet. But we can say that on November 13th, there's going to be an interview up on the feed with famous Michelle Belanger as she is on Portal to hell famous medium does all of her information demonology talking about her uh her 10th anniversary of her demonology book coming out it's gonna be so cool and she sounds so excited to join and, and talk about it with us so you and she i is amazing <laughs> yeah and you and i have seen her gosh our like first I, I, our first experience with her was way back with paranormal states is that right way mm-hmm. back when Yes, way back in the day. God, that was like a decade ago almost. Is it? It was forever ago. Is it it almost two decades? No, 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 not two decades. Because I've discovered Paranormal State just after me and Tracy got married. We've been married 12 years. Okay, it was late. We're we're not that far off. It's closer the other way. I I thought it was in the early 2000s, but it is only 2007 that came out. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're making our way to the weirdly two decade mark on that one. We're still more on the one. We'll we'll, we'll call ourselves younger, all of us. (laughs) We'll call ourselves young. Let's not add two decades to that because that's 20 years. I don't want to be 20 years older. (laughs) Yeah, give yourself a couple more and it will. That will be the case. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, that is wild to have that kind of circling back sort of thing. That is all thanks to you out there, our listeners. So thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for all the love we're going to have this episode be a little bit shorter as we just wanted to recap put the final touches on salem it is going to be a really interesting place to continue to keep an eye on i think it's very interesting the activism that goes on in that town even to this date Mm -hmm. it does sound like a bastion of progressive ideas so for those that don't like that well you probably don't like the show anyway but for those that don't like progressive stuff you're probably not gonna like salem and for that reason i say i'm in let's go i'm I'm, I'm living there. I Let's like go. it. Let's go to Salem. <laughs> I like it. I like their culture. I like their ways. I'm in. So, Pagan, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, this was fantastic to go through all of this. As you guys have probably gotten used to, these episodes are recorded on Thursdays on Twitch, but they air on Mondays in our podcast feed. You can hop over there. Go to chaosandshadow.com where you can find links to everything. But this show gets syndicated to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the rest. In the descriptions, there is a link. Uh, to the vault notes that Pagan puts together. She takes all the photos, all the text and stuff, and makes this beautiful document for it. And that lands up on the feed the same day that goes live. So go over to the Patreon if you'd like to support. Patreon.com forward slash chaos and shadow. On that note, and I think our parting note, we are going to tease that not only should you be here like crazy for the morning show next week because it is Halloween week and things are wild over here on the network, but... We're doing a bunch of discounts, or I should say, in addition to, we're doing discounts. We are uh, going to do a giveaway that is live on the Twitch stuff. You can participate if you're listening to it in the podcast feed just fine. This giveaway 
is going to be getting you some of those exclusive Patreon things. So Pagan's going to take the Ritualist letter. Mm-hmm. She's going to take the Hoya Bachu article that's up there. Those are things that I think you'd have to be like a $30 and above member to get access to. We're going to give those away to a lucky listener out there. So enter that giveaway. Look forward to it. You'll probably hear more news on that on the 28th of October. Yes. Actually, I'm going to put a warning. If you're in the podcast feed, I don't know that you're going to hear... I don't think you'll know anyway, but Twitch, maybe if you're in the discord, you might see it. But thinking of the timeline, we will not be in your ear holes before that thing starts again and before it ends. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're here listening, keep your eyes on the Twitch feed. That's where that thing's going to take place. It's all about the Twitch homepage day anyway. That's kind of why we're doing that. Larger Patreon perk all through the month. Actually have till December 1st. It kicks off. Kicks off uh, October 27th through December 1st. Anyone that subscribes on Patreon, past or present person, like if you're if you're still subscribed, this works for you. It's not just a first-time subscriber deal. Uh, you will get actually our main logo, George, as a coloring book page. So cute little digital mm-hmm. download for you, for kids, for whomever you want to use it for. And it's awesome. He's a little cutie. And a big shout out to Pagan, who's doing that for us. So He is adorable. And... Like he said, there's so much other great content on Patreon that you should also check out that we've got coming up and that's already up there. So definitely check out the Patreon, check out chaosandshoutout.com, check out the Twitch, check out everything. Go <laughs> check do it all out. one last, this is the other, this is the one we've never pimped out before, which is go subscribe to the brand new feed that's out there on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. It is the Revelator Morning <gasps> yes. Show feed. It is still being circulated. Like, it is fresh. It is new. iTunes has not accepted it yet. They take a little bit longer to process, but I know it's on Spotify and Google Play, so you can subscribe to that now. It's going to be the episodes that Brian and I do, and maybe other stuff. We're going to take any live interviews and syndicate. Pagan and I might syndicate some things out there, so stay tuned. Thank you all so much. Yes, you can get that right off the Chaos and Shadow website, as always. We will let you go. Enough self-promo. Chat, we're going (laughs) to hang with you guys here for a bit of a QA and a after show time. So look forward to that. To our listeners at home, we could not do this without you. Thank you for continuing to open so many doors for us. And thank you for listening. Talk to you all next week for some spooky Halloween content. Goodbye. Goodbye.